What's up guys? I just wanted to give a quick trigger warning and let you know that there will be a small mention of domestic violence and rape during this episode. Hey everyone, I'm Amina and you're listening to PS We Got This. You probably already know by now, this is a place to introduce you to a variety of different career women as we discuss all the things they're doing to pursue their dream career. Today, I'm joined by founder, activist and author, Serena Laley. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, actually. I I think we were just discussing before, I've had a bit of a chill day today, a day off. So yeah, I'm really nice and relaxed. But today's podcast, I'm excited. Yeah, that's good. Self-care day for you then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I always like to start with how it is you actually got into your work and the career that you do now. You're a bit of a jack of all trades, so I know that yeah. it's going to be quite um, hard to shorten it down. But if you could just give us like a brief of what it is that you've done up into your career so far. Okay, so where do I begin? <laughs> um, <laughs> right, so... Recently, more recently, um, I have transitioned into a food technology teacher at a secondary school in Birmingham. And um, I'm trying trying to encourage the children to stay active and to stay positive um, during this lockdown. Um, Previously, I was selected a candidate for parliament. by the Women's Equality Party. In 2018, I went to a march in London and it was a women's march. And I had always had passion for fighting for justice and fairness, um, even when growing up as a young girl. Um, I was always surrounded by injustice, whether it was um, racism in my area, uh, or institutionalized racism in schools, in education, even in the places that my mother and father worked. I had experienced so much racism in different levels um, of my life that I knew that I had to do something, but I didn't know what. Um, at first, my aspirations as a young girl was to become a solicitor, um, but I didn't have the patience to withstand the four years that you need to do and and some that you need to to do to gain the qualifications in law. Um, But I knew that criminology and um, how the workings of the criminal justice system is still interested to me. Um, I went to Coventry University in 2006, where I studied criminology and sociology. I wanted to know what makes people um, bad, and what makes people good, what, what, who are the criminals? And I realized that there are some people who are really good that end up just doing something bad because of the lack of options. And that solidified it to me that there are many people in this world who don't have many options, but that we do certain things out of fear 
out of hunger and out of poverty. And that the, and that the forefront of that, women are suffering greatly and more black women and Asian black women are being punished by it greatly. And that's why I went into politics because I wanted to fight for fairness for women, black women and Asian women as well. Um, because it has been too long and we have felt the pains of being missed, um, being injustice by. We have been ignored. We have been silenced many, many times. And because I went into politics and my passion for women and also domestic violence victims, um, because I too was a domestic violence victim, but I am now a survivor um, and a rape survivor. I wanted to march and speak for those who were unable to speak because they were so scared and they were so in fear um, because they were scared of the perpetrators coming back to finish the job or they were scared of the judgments of their family and friends. Um, I have lost a couple of friends to suicide, unfortunately, um, because they had no one to speak to. And that's the reason why I went into politics. Mm -hmm. And I march, my every step is marching for women. And to say that you don't have to live in a painful situation any longer you do have life after you leave that person trouble and pain won't last always but you should find a light in every situation yeah. and I think that you know this is what we need today and it's just championed me on to do more and more so yes I am a jack of all trades but because I see so many people hurting that I can't help I can't help myself but to help others mm -hmm. oh that's actually really empowering yeah thank you for sharing that um and obviously is you can see there's like a real connection between you and your work and it's obviously something that really comes from the heart so thank you um what actions was it that exactly led you to um, be elected? Was it for the Women in Equality Party? What was the exact actions that led to that? So the Women's Equality Party is um, it's not new. It's been around since 2016, um, led by Sandy Trovis and um, Tabitha Morton, two powerful leading ladies who founded this political group in 2016, and it's been growing and growing ever since. Right now, we have a female leader um, called Mandu Reed, a female black leader. We've just celebrated yesterday Kamala Harris in the US of A, mm -hmm. being a black and Asian vice president in history. We now have, we have our own <laughs> black woman leading um, politics leading the party and speaking for us women. And not only that, she is so um, brilliant at her work and leading a party where bringing thousands of women all together for, um, up and down the country and really fighting for women's, um, 
really fighting for equality, really fighting for better pay for women, equal pay, better childcare, um, better um, uh, services for women in the community, um, domestic violence hubs and, and houses. And we are fighting for more uh, finances to help the domestic violence unit because unfortunately during this COVID time it has increased and um, and finances also makes an impact unfortunately. Um, there has been studies that um, if there's been a slight drop in finances um, for a short period of time the woman um, in domestic violence situation the woman's likely to be in a domestic violence situation um, if there's, you know, uh, things such as financial difficulties. And again, we are fighting for, we are fighting for um, long parents as well and children, single parenthood. We have to look at all the impacts um, that society has on the mother as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the rooms of quality and there's so much more. And um, if you want to find out more, please go to www.womensofquality.gov.uk. Thank you. And again, it's like, I'm not much of a, 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 you know, a politics person, but I definitely made more of an effort as I've gotten older to just make sure that I know what's, a, to be aware basically of what's going on around me and to be aware of, the people that are actually running our country as well. Um, And like you said, with having the support of other women, I think at the moment there's a lot of, um, there's like an attitude problem with with people where they think, you know, if it doesn't affect me, then I'm not really bothered to maybe learn about it, Um, which in some circumstances I I can understand, but it's not not a way to move forward. You're just going to be stagnant if you have that thought of mind. so yeah, I love that you're doing that work and it's really empowering. Thanks for sharing that as well. That's another thing I can look into. Um, I So I met you as well at the uh, Black British Pound Day Festival in Birmingham. And again, this is another amazing idea and something that I really support, which is obviously you have one day, is it the day, of, the last day of each month? first day so yeah today of each month yeah month, obviously to support black owned businesses of course that's not a limitation you can you can support black businesses whenever you want to whenever you feel like but that's where I met you and what was the day like for you because I met like a lot of really amazing people I think again it was just such a great idea and yeah I really enjoyed it oh my goodness that day was so inspirational I do um, urge you all to go and just you know have a look around and you know take you know take part in it because it was so a breath of life um mm. seeing others being there and being surrounded by other black businesses as well and knowing that we we can do this the having the support around us as well um that I encourage everyone, anyone who wants to start their business, anyone, um, to take a look at the um, Black Pound Day and really show your support, whether you want to buy something or even contribute by becoming one as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's so important 
having a black business or having a black pound day is because many businesses are not being recognized in the community. Um, there's other cultures that are being recognized and they're being rewarded, and that's great. However, the black pound is so powerful that we needed to be educated on how we use it. Mm-hmm. We need to be educated on how to how valuable the black coin or the black currency is. In history, we have spent, I mean, we have spent in other cultures and in other sectors that may not have benefited us. Um, how about if we feed that into into our own community and build ourselves up, build our own financial assets, have uh, financial education um, in schools and also maybe in homes and have like within Saturday schools because we need to train how to to use finances properly and not just continually uh, spend, 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 spend. How do we save? How do we build our credit rating? How do we build our our financial assets assets that we are creating generational wealth okay and I think we lack that understanding some of us lack that understanding yeah I have learned the hard way growing up I'm 36 um, well this year will be 36 this year and understanding now how important to have um to have credit so I wasn't taught that. Yes, I saw my mum work and work and work, and yes, she bought her house, but I wasn't educated on how did my mum get the house? How what were the steps and um why isn't this taught in schools and you know building your final credit that lenders, you know, will want to uh, give give me their money. <laughs> you yeah. know, so yeah. so Black Pound Day is very, very powerful. It builds up the black community. It it helps recognize the the creativity and the structure that we all are able to have, and I'm hoping it will be a long lasting uh, legacy. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well done. And I love that you say as well that this is something that you weren't taught really growing up, and it's a, it's something that you learn more about as you become gotten older, um, because I think I like to with this podcast just let people know that life doesn't. Uh, always go in the direction that you think it is when you're younger you think that there's a lot that you know and you think that there's a lot that how life will be set out in front of you and you can have this idea of basically what life is going to look like in about 10 years 20 years and you know for for the lucky people sometimes it does go to plan um Mm. but for a lot of us if we're being realistic it doesn't go to plan because you grow older you change and um yeah I'd just like to hear from you really what what was your expectations maybe 10 years ago? Are you where you thought that you would be now? No, <laughs> not at all. Like I said earlier, I wanted to become a solicitor because I wanted to fight for justice. And you know what? Life happened um, when I left school. And again, trigger warning, um, I was raped, gang raped actually at the age of 16. And that turned my world dark very very dark and turned it upside down that I basically didn't care about my dreams um I didn't think um that I would last that long to be honest um and then I entered into a series of bad relationships 
and it was one that stopped unfortunately um he became very violent and um especially during my pregnancy and it it just my mental health just declined so I wasn't thinking about trying to get back into education at the time I was just thinking about how do I live the next day or do I live the next day it was a very dark period for me for good good five five seven years um until I had my son and that was the light switch moment for me um because I was bringing forth a young black child. Now I knew I was already stigmatized being a black woman, being poor, being a single mother, three strikes um, in my head. And I had camped myself out for a moment and then I had my son and then the light switched. I said, I've got to do something better my son so I went and finished off my college because I had dropped out for about two years um, I studied performing arts because I knew I love acting I love creating I love dancing and I would you know get up at 4 a.m in the morning you know feed my son get ready and take it you know feed him um take him to nursery get to college, you know, at half past eight, finish college, rush, pick him up from nursery at three, go home and work hard, do my coursework and so on and so forth. Um, Because I just, I had a drive, something just clicked and I just needed to do something better for myself and for my son. And it just went up from there. I finished college and I, Lucky enough, I managed to go into university straight away. And again, I was still in in a domestic violence situation. And at that point in life, I just needed to get away. And I thought the only way I could get away was to move out of Birmingham. But I didn't have money to, I didn't have money to rent a place. I couldn't even afford the deposit. Well, I knew that somehow um, the student finance at university and I was desperately seeking for universities that would hold family accommodation. And I was looking at Coventry University did that. And when I found out that they did criminology and sociology, I said, yes, I'm going for that. So my, my first aspirations to becoming a lawyer didn't happen because just life and I didn't have the patience or the time well I knew I wanted to work within that realm somehow mm-hmm. and impact it somehow and through trials and tribulations through sacrifice through getting up in the morning through being in isolation through being in a home or in a place with no family for 10 years, no friends, no family, and just concentrating on your son or your child and your loved one, but also being scared that your violent partner might find you. And the fear of 
no no one would know if you're okay. So I've had that feeling for 10 years, but I was just trying to distract myself by, you know, studying and raising my son. Fast forward five years after that, my son was growing up. He, you know, went to school and, you know, he was he was at a time where he was meant to have gone to secondary school. And I said, OK, I need to leave Coventry now because my son, who is young and black, needs to be in a community that looks like him. And especially at this time, identity is so important, especially growing up. And and I thought Birmingham, it has a bit more culture, whereas Coventry does not. And the the racism, unfortunately, was higher in Coventry than I experienced more racism in Coventry than I did in Birmingham. And so moved back to Birmingham and then, you know, started to pick up. I graduated from university, which was great. I ventured into um, mentoring mentoring youth offenders I and saw the transformation in just a short in short amount of time like these youths were were just cast away they weren't being listened to they they didn't have a chance to speak some of them and therefore they just lashed out so when society throws away people you've got to understand there are feelings and emotions with that and if we don't know how to control our feelings and emotions we are going to act out it's inevitable we are human okay if we feel that we've been neglected we're going to act out in a way that's going to draw your attention so that you notice okay so we don't feel neglected anymore um you know that's that's just one example of many so I knew that I had some form of influence of noticing people that I've got to notice. I root for the underdog. I am, I was the underdog. And now I click up, uh, not say I click, up, click up a finger, but taking a chance on myself and saying yes at the moment when it was asked. My life has changed <laughs> dramatically just in two, in three years. And knowing what you will stand for, knowing your boundaries, knowing your core beliefs, knowing who you are as a person, knowing that, you know, that's not right when you feel like you've been wronged or misjudged and actually being stubborn enough to fight for change no matter what. Knowing that certain things are wrong, you have the ability to make certain things right just by being brave. And being brave starts with you. And I had to find that within myself through my journey of growing pains. From that time when I was gang raped, even up to giving birth to my son, I went through stages of stages of growth that I didn't notice at the time. I just thought I was going crazy. But as I look back now, it expanded my heart and my mind in a way that there's a lot of people hurting right now. And I think that coming together 
just like Black Pound Day, coming together, bringing a group of people together, bringing a community together, we can bring change. And I say we, I hold my hands clasping together quite a lot because I realise we have 10 fingers, not one. We have 10. And when we bring it together, it's solid and it's harder to break away. But when we separate, we, we're not as weak. We're not as, I mean, we're not as strong as when we are together. And I think joining an organisation that champions change and that really wants change is transforming, not only for yourselves, but for others as well that you may not even know. And that's why I'm here today. I love that. No, it's a really powerful story. And you talked about being brave and thank you for being brave and feeling comfortable to share your hardships and your dark times as well with us. And um, you never know, you know, the impact, the domino effect it can have on other people to feel brave as well and speak their truths and speak about their experiences. So thank you again. Um, yeah. It's just going back to that, just when you did go through those dark times and I know it can be very lone lonely times it can be very isolating what do you have anything any experience or any advice you can give for anybody going through dark times not even specifically the exact things that you went through um but something that you did or implemented that got you through there is a bit of a, a stigma in the black community as well to seek help for mental health yeah. um, is definitely something which I saw in some of my elder relatives that they don't speak out. They keep it all to themselves. And um, yeah, something I've been trying to speak more openly with them to get them to. And luckily they have been as well, which is a really positive thing. But when you are in those dark times, what is it that people can actually do? And if they don't feel comfortable to talk, you know, what do you think they, they can do? Journaling. Um, <clears throat> journal down your thoughts before you do anything. Uh, before you pick up your phone to talk to your girlfriend, just write it down on paper. Um, it helps you get what's in your mind out on paper and then you can read when you can. And that gives you a, a point then of where you are. Um, and you can able to identify what is actually hurting you and what's actually putting you in that dark place. Um, because we can't see our thoughts, but we constantly replay them. And I think it's vitally important to get that out on paper. Okay. Um, try not to overthink. Definitely go for counselling. I know a few um I actually just had one today actually um and it is very helpful I too my family were against counselling and I've been in counselling now for about seven months I've been on and off actually for about five years um but it is vitally important that you see that and there's some free ones um but there might be a few that you might have to pay for but hopefully just a small cost. And also, it's don't always take the first offer. You have the option. You can seek out other therapy as well, other therapies as well. 
um, that you may think may suit you more. Don't be afraid to ask. Okay, don't even be afraid to ask your doctor as well to specifically ask for, you know, um, a, a therapist that has certain requirements to fit your need. Um, because you want to feel comfortable, you want to be able to express yourself fully and truthfully, because you need to be open and honest when you are talking to the therapist. You can't hold anything back and you need to be comfortable. Um, if you do have some good, strong friends and trustworthy friends, please reach out. Even the friends that you think that are strong, even reach out to them and ask and ask if they're okay. Um, but definitely, definitely don't sit in silence with those thoughts. Um, there are three numbers where you can just call and you, you can just talk it through. Um, yeah, that's what I, I definitely suggest. And my business, Dear Black Woman, I've creating, I would be creating more books where you just, it's just, it's just a notepad, um, line paper, but it's so good once you get your thoughts down, you may start crying, but you're okay because you need to create a safe space for yourself. I love that. So your your experiences basically inspired you to go on to this thing. Um, I suppose it's a self-made business for yourself. You've yeah. you've marketed it as Dear Black Woman. And I love that that was so natural because it came out of you journaling. Um, yeah, so tell us a bit about basically your journaling turning into that idea. <laughs> yes, um, I felt that, I'll tell you how it came up. Okay. So my son and I were shopping and we was just coming home and we were just about to cross the road when a um, a car driver was speeding and almost hit us. And I was like angry. I was cross and, and also disappointed. And I was so cross and to the point where I need to write a letter. I need to get to my journal, but I can't because I got shopping and all this, and I'm so far away. Mm-hmm. And and I thought, okay, I need to calm myself down till I get home. So, just what would you say to yourself right now in this moment? And I said, you know what, dear, start with dear because it's such an endearing word. It make it makes you center yourself. Of you know what, I'm better than this. I'm a dear. I'm loved person. And I am a loving person. And it's to keep reminding to speak kindly to yourself. That's exactly what it was. You have to speak kindly to yourself. So I thought, dear black woman, you are loved. <laughs> Even through testing times. And you know, that's that's how it that's how it began. And my son said, you know what, put it on a t-shirt. And I said, you know what, that's another great idea. <laughs> and um so I decided to put it on a T-shirt and just for, you know, just for my own value, I only done it on one T-shirt. And I noticed that people loved the statement, you know, yes, it's direct. Yes, I do specifically aim for black women because I, I am black woman and I only know mm. the experience of a black woman. Um and it's no disregard to any other race, not at all. And I have to say that as a disclaimer, 
it's just that I believe that you know I'm a black woman and I, and that's my experience I can share and relate to other black women as well who may have fallen silent or they were afraid to express themselves as a black woman um, because mm-hmm. there's so much black hate within well within the community when I was growing up you know if your hair was thick it wasn't considered considered desirable even with my own family the texture on my hair it, you know I would get cussed sometimes why is it so tough and I'm like my hair's not tough it's just tough, you know but that had a chomping down effect on my on my self-confidence okay it really had a knocking effect on my identity I mean yes I still got a weaving now but I have a choice to do that um and I see fit when I want to do it um but that had such a knocking effect on on me that it just brought me so low and I thought dear black woman is speaking on self-love is speaking on speaking kindly to yourself and it's just reiterating who you are you are very much there Don't worry, don't need to give any disclaimers here. Um, you know, I, I I only interview black women on my podcast. And even though I do feel like I've explained before, it's a space where I want women to speak more about their careers because I didn't see black women in multiple different career paths as I was growing up. They were always um, just fitted into certain careers that I didn't see myself in. So that's the, the basics of it, why why I have created it and again it's good self-reflection and I hope to inspire a lot of other women as well but ultimately I interview black women because I want to <laughs> I like but it's no, great. So again yeah no need for disclaimers here like you either support it or you don't that's it not unapolog- unapologetically and I think that's what we need to do continue to stand strong in our un- unapologetic self we are creative we are powerful we are amazing beings and it taught me to go through crisis to understand that. And this, I don't want, you know, my heart is not, um, not another woman to go through what I went through. Um, so me telling my story, me sharing, you know, dear black woman, is just to say, you know what, you don't need all that rubbish. Um, you can stand strong in who you are. You can stand strong with your hair. You can stand strong with your, with your strong nose. There's nothing wrong with you. And again, you're dear. So well done for you as well. For you know your oh podcast again. It's just I'm so honored to be on here as well. And what you just said there was so powerful. I didn't see many black women professionals. I didn't see a, a black solicitor, a black female solicitor. I didn't see a black female um, MP until I was a lot older. Uh, and it was Diane Abbott, and she's already been in the game for 30 odd years. So why are we not taught this basic British history? You know, we as possibly the second or the third generation or British um, from our immigrant grandparents or parents even. And, you know, we have contributed so much to this country from the you know from the 1700s 1600s upwards and we're still not being taught properly on on black history in britain um and i encourage all to educate yourself
yourself. If you don't teach it in schools, is there a possibility maybe in Black History Month where you can, where your school will allow you to teach Black history and Black British history as well? I mean, yes, growing up in primary school, yes, we heard about Martin Luther King. Yes, we heard about Rosa Parks. But what about Diane Abbott? What about Dawn Brockler, the leaders of today's generation? We are as much important now as we were back then. And to realise that we need to pass on the baton as well of greatness to the to our to our future children and to the future, and not be afraid to let go. You know? Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. just spoke about thank you. Oh, <laughs> You just spoke about there as well, basically what you'd like to see um, coming out of education, which I can't agree with more. I mean, come on, we're in 2021. Do you know what I mean? But um, what other things would you like to be coming out of your activism and the work that you're doing? Well, definitely. um, I need more women (laughs) in the House of Commons, in the House of Parliament, because globally, women outdo the men. We, we are 51% of women globally in the world. Why is that not being reflected in Parliament or in the House of Commons? There are decisions being made about the woman's body and that, that has nothing to do with men. We have, we have equipment that has been tested to men, but not to women, i.e., let's think of hazmats. Um, we're in a global pandemic. If you notice, it's not quite unisex. It is made to a man's body. Certain there are certain um, there are certain materials that wouldn't affect a man's body, but would definitely affect a woman's body, and it can cause more of a cancerous effect or a more mental health effect. So, in uh, the House of Commons, politics as a whole need to have more women voices to champion um, creative, corrective change in society that benefit both men and women. So also I need um, better healthcare for women as well. Better support for single parents and non-parents. We, I'm not single parent anymore, but the struggle that I had to face day by day being on the breadline, times where I had to decide, do I want heat today or do I want to feed my child today? I have been that, down that road too many times, once too many times. And it shouldn't be the case in this great Britain. Okay, so that needs to be addressed. Um, I do want, there's so much things I want, <laughs> but is it possible? But Yes, it is possible if we continue on championing for change, um, being in the correct place in making these new laws, making the lesser legislation, making making sure that it does benefit for women as well. Um, you, yeah, education in politics, education in um, campaigning, education in. Um, different parties as well and understanding the manifest manifesto yes I'm not with Labour I'm not with Conservative I'm kind of I'm in an independent party because I felt that attributed to me best definitely go out and do your research 
Okay, but I definitely encourage more women to take part in that leadership role. Mm-hmm. You are leading. You're, you are leading anyway. We as women are leading anyway. So why not lead in a male-dominated area and let's level that out as 50-50 parliament. Yes, I love that. (laughs) And being a teacher as well, and obviously we've just spoke about implementing these sort of things into education. um, How do you think that we can, even outside of school, get younger people into politics? So personally, what I've seen is that I've... um, well, what I've tried to implement in my life is following more social media accounts that talk more about politics. You know, I'm never going to just sit in front of the TV and pop the news on. I'm not that type of person. I don't think I ever will be. Um, And, you know, I don't read the paper and I don't specifically search online for like articles. That's not anything that I've done so far. Um, There is a two accounts that I follow that I would recommend there's one account called impact on Instagram and there's another one called Navara media it's just a lot easier to see um you know a slide here's this piece of information here's what currently is going on in the world at the moment without having to like sit down front of your tv basically and hear all this other stuff at least you can filter through to things that you're you're actually interested in definitely um and I definitely think in the age that we're in in the fast technology technological age um information and correct information um needs to be uh needs to be sent across board as well in all social media it needs to be bite-sized because it needs to be quick and able to digest um it needs to be easy reading um i'm not saying everyone's slow but i'm just stating that it needs to be easy digestible Okay, so it's clear and under- and it's easy to understand. Um, I think we have to get that. We have to get into the times of using Twitter. I'm still struggling with Twitter because it's so quick um, to narrow down, you know, just a small issue into, I don't know, is it now 240 characters? I find Something it like difficult. that. <laughs> Something like that. I find it very, very difficult. But if Trump can do it, why can't I? Eh? So, <laughs> um, yes, it's it's uh, more and more politicians now are getting onto the more social media side because we need to reach out to the young ones as well. Um, the next generation coming up, the ones who are going through school now, um, you know, I teach my son to go and um, go into politics as well. It's, it's vitally important because we don't want the the issues to die with us. You know, we don't want the the the, the fight or the fight that we have done to just die with us because we. I understand that certain things were going to take a long time to change, and if it stops with us, if the book stops with us, then there's no progress. And as a progressive party, we are continually looking ways to continue to progress change um, in in a good and in a fast manner as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I, no, I, I really think that, like you said, where politicians are actually engaging with people over uh, social media, they need that interaction because really, where else are you going to, how are you supposed to be a politician and want young people to elect you without actually interacting with them? Um, and let's be honest, that we're all on social media. You can't get away from it. That That's just 
how it is at the moment. So I think definitely that's something that needs to be taken into consideration, 100%. Because it is a new year, um, we're still in January, so I'm still talking about like resolutions and like mood boards because funnily enough, I haven't even got around to doing a mood board yet. But I feel like it's still something that I want to do and because it's not the end of January yet, I need to fit that in. But what would be on your mood board for this year? If you were to create oh, one. I have done a mood board actually. Um, cool. <laughs> um I, I loved it somewhere. Uh fashion. <laughs> I like it. Um, but just to be more open and honest and more authentically me. I'd like perfumes, I'd like clothes, but also to um encourage again, just to be more encouraging to everyone. So that that was on my mood board. And to take time for self and never to neglect self again. Yeah, I really like that. And you've given us, I think, a lot of important things to think about. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. So that we can make sure that we're engaging with you more. You're obviously very involved in the community. Where, where can we find you online? Um, Dear Black Women, where can we get involved in that as well? Yeah, so you can follow me on all my socials. So it's Dear Black Woman. Dear, so D-E-A-R. Black, B-L-A-C-K, and woman, W-O-M-X-N, okay? So you can um, type that in and you can find me there um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm currently, um, my website is under construction, but I have a a link that you can uh, click on if you follow my Instagram account and it would take you into some form of web space where you can buy merchandise, you can follow uh, me just as Serena Laidley um, and what I'm, what I'm up to. I'm working, I'm currently working with the West Midlands Police in regards to how they conduct themselves um, to black women and how they treat black women in domestic violence situations. So I'm currently dealing with that. Um, we're back on the campaign for 2021. Uh, Local elections uh, will start in, t- in May 2021. Yeah. And if you're interested and you want to be involved in politics, please send me an email at dearblackwoman at gmail.com or uh, you can send me a message on all my social media. And um, yeah. So you're going to be very busy this year then. <laughs> very busy. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Serena. You've been a really lovely guest. And like I said, you've given us a lot of things, I think, to think about. And um, I hope that people, you can encourage people with your story because I've definitely been encouraged and inspired with it. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not give us a follow on Instagram at PSWeGotThis to keep up to date with new episodes.